What's going on? And welcome to Geek Up Presents Netflix and Chat, the podcast where we watch only Netflix original movies and give you guys our review and breakdown of them. My name is Devin Barnes, and joining me in this crazy cinematic journey is uh, Mi Amigo, Liam Whalen. Hola, hola, hola. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Como esta, Devin Barnes? Uh, muy bien, y tu amigo. <laughs> I've always wanted to do one of those uh, Spanish yeah. announcer voices, and uh, I think I crushed it with that one. I think I crushed it. Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> that is, where is the library, in case you didn't know. Anyway, obviously, that was the uh, the intro song was the song called Tehi Prometido by Leo Dan. Obviously. The movie we're watching, obviously, with then is Roma. Yes. And before we jump into this crazy Roma episode, <laughs> let's just kind of give you guys, since this is the uh, premiere episode, episode one of Netflix and Chat with Devin and Liam. Geeked Up Presents. Geeked Up Presents. <laughs> From the Geeked Up Boys, but not a Geeked Up, I guess a Geeked Up uh, production. A production. But not. Produced by We're us. not talking uh, Captain Marvel. We're not talking the new Han Solo uh, bridge between the prequel and the actual story movie. Exactly. It was basically <laughs> that at Geeked Up, me and Liam we had this idea to make a show where we were going to watch all the original Netflix movies. And we were trying to think of two hosts that could do it. And we had a pretty long list. <laughs> the <laughs> other geeked up boys backed out at the last minute. Yeah, huge. And, uh, and we decided to tackle this thing ourselves. Yeah, we was like, what two better? Hosts? We figured it sounds so much fun that you know what? Let's go through it ourselves. Let's do the damn thing ourselves. <laughs> so I guess to give you guys a breakdown of what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be watching only Netflix original movies. Yes, Netflix is really all the craze right now, I'd mm. say, in the world of movies, especially with their own original productions. Correct. We all uh, have accounts for it. We all have accounts for it. I mean, if you don't have an account, your mom or sister or cousin or <laughs> yeah. friend from work has we all have accounts, accounts for it, or we all steal, all. A, uh, steal accounts from it. Correct. You know? But it's got all the hot movies. Everybody's got it, like you said. Mm. So, But Netflix is now pumping out their own original produced movies they've yes. netflix has made these movies or netflix has bought these movies <laughs> yeah that or other more likely have... somebody else yeah. made this and then netflix has bought it for release and correct uh, it has the big fat netflix original tag <laughs> yeah. on the title when you're scrolling it's through stamped with netflix so it's come it's gets getting thrown into the possibility of our podcast correct and i guess the thing is that like, there's so many movies they make now is that like I can't think of which ones to watch. Yes. It kind of started off where a service like this would kind of more have, like, back in the day, what we would what we would call the straight-to-DVD release. Correct. You know? And yeah. it kind of started off where Netflix was kind of getting movies like that, mm. not high-budget directors, not big-name actors. Correct. Like, the good movies you still had to, like, order on DVD. Like, you get the <laughs> streaming service for free yeah. because you pay for the two DVDs a month deal. And then I guess Netflix really kind of started with the uh, – they had some good original series going on, yeah. you know, and they still do. They're still, I'd say, you know, 
even more so than movies specialize in the original yeah, I mean, series. Netflix they really probably got series. their name going as well with the whole documentary thing. I think the first thing that really got them going was making a murderer. Making a murderer was that was like huge probably up top on the list. And now still with Firefest and uh, I yeah, guess Finding yeah. Neverland is that an, is that a Netflix? No, that's HBO. Okay, that's HBO. Which we will not be watching shows from, <laughs> movies from. Yeah, fuck Hulu, fuck <laughs> yeah. Amazon. Um, also listen to our other podcast. Hulu and Chat. <laughs> yeah. With uh, and Liam HBO. and Oh, shit, that's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but on this one, we're sticking with the Netflix. Correct. This is Netflix and Chat. But we're not, but, you know, it's not a universal feeling. We're not, uh, we're, we're not, we're not in a world of 100% agreement on how great Netflix is. No, Because there are some other big name, uh, there are some other people that disagree with us and other perhaps big name people that disagree with the merit of Netflix mm-hmm. and whether or not Netflix should be uh, accredited in the Academy. Correct. As of course, I'm referring to Steven Spielberg's latest yeah. comments, which I guess were in response to much of the accolades given to Roma. And this isn't the which first received much like critical, you know. Correct. I mean, Roma obviously. I mean, before we really get into it, but it was nominated for like a Best Picture and a ton of yes. stuff. And it was really the first Netflix. I guess it was the first Netflix movie to be nominated. Correct. Uh, and now this has been brought up before with like the Emmys with like Netflix original shows. Like I remember like uh, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey ha 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 was a uh, <laughs> was like another, a big yeah. deal because they were getting nominated for Emmys and like people for were sure. like man this is not a real TV show and I was, yeah, I was yeah. like what you still have cable <laughs> like what are we talking about so I guess like it's been talked about before but like Spielberg was the first one to like really come out and said like I don't think these streaming movies should be yeah. nominated for any kind of Academy Awards uh, you should have at least a six I think he said like a six week picture run in the theaters. For it to be nominated yeah, for yeah. any kind of award, but that really means nothing because it as means we know, like nothing. theater release is so controlled by the production companies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think that Roma is a great example of a movie that being released on Netflix kind of was able to be seen by so many more people. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been released. I think that it did get. It probably got enough of a release. I know it was out in New York, at least in. Uh, it got India, a limited theater. Not... It got a limited theater release. Yeah. But the whole thing is that, like, for instance, like the director Alfonso Curion, like, sold it to Netflix because, and the same thing that we're saying is that he thought it would get a broader audience on a platform like for Netflix sure. than versus like. To be honest with you, I probably would never have watched no, this for movie. Sure. If, I mean, if it just it lived in like the three or four art house theaters in New York City and the Correct. couple in Los Angeles. Well, you would have seen it. <laughs> yeah. I probably would never have seen this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. That's like that's the thing. And then anybody in the middle of New York and Los Angeles would have had no chance of seeing it. Yeah, If exactly. you're a dude in, in East Lansing, Michigan, that wants to see a... Uh, if you're just randomly uh, the guy that lives in West Virginia that <laughs> yeah. loves foreign indie films. Loves foreign art flicks. Yeah. Then uh, you're, you're going to be shit out of luck. Yeah. Until this Netflix service rolls along. Exactly. But yeah, I think that also is the old guard kind of coming in and just being like, man. Like, for I, sure. Because like, let's be honest, the last time Spielberg was nominated for a Best Picture movie was um, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, wow. Okay. Long now time. he's had. Uh, it's got to be 20 plus Bridges years. Bridges Spies was nominated for uh, like a Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor, but not Best Picture, I yeah, don't think. Yeah. Which is just to say, like, I feel like he thinks that, like, these streaming movies are, like, taking the place of, like, these big production yeah. movies that we saw. But it's sold also to, Spielberg's, like, like, already so in bed, like I said, with the production. He's the one sure. that's benefiting this. When he puts out a yeah. movie, it's well, in had every had an 80-year relationship with Universal. <laughs> exactly. like. Yeah. And he doesn't have to worry about fighting for uh, film release exactly. in theaters or anything or like that. Or name recognition or, yeah. like, anything. 
But, so. like, come on, man. You really thought that Ready Player One deserved a slot, but <laughs> Roma didn't? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are you talking about, man? And as someone that read that book, loved Ready Player One. But you really think that, like, oh, no. Ready yeah, Player no, One sure. was in the It theaters. has a lot more, yeah. It's a lot more deserving of recognition than... Uh, Correct. Yeah, I just feel like he's wrong. Yeah, for sure. And let's be honest, too. Like, you don't really have too much to worry about, as we're going to find out in future episodes, that... Most of these movies aren't going to be Best Picture <laughs> nominations, dude. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like, and again, they really have for uh, you know they really have just put out such a high volume of material for a relatively small selection of hits. Correct. Like, this was the needle this year, in the haystack. They had uh, Rome as well. I guess they officially were the production company behind. The uh, Cohen brother, it's about ba- uh, a Buster Scruggs. Correct. But other than that, there was like the Will Smith movie that got There's a couple, uh, that got some billboard play. Like and 40 chick flicks, 30 <laughs> fucking terrible Adam Sandler comedies. Like, yeah, the it's whole insane. Adam Sandler catalog, yeah. I was going to say. Like Sandler signed like an insane fucking contract, <laughs> like a $100 million contract to make, like, make a bunch of movies, yeah. fuck it. Just and they're out there. You we might have to watch them. Go have fun. We'll, uh, we'll all enjoy it. And these are the movies that we might be having to review but, so for you guys. Unlike other production, and especially with Netflix, like Devin said, just buying other previously produced works and slapping their name on it, they really have a never-ending mm-hmm. uh, potential of release. Like, they can release a thousand quote-unquote Netflix-produced things Correct. via their own companies and ones that are purchased or whatnot. So other studio companies don't necessarily have that ability to put out such a high volume of things. However, the few good ones yeah. should be able should receive just as much like critical recognition as any of the shitty ones. Correct. Yeah. And I guess that, that goes that to will say, be fun. Yeah. That'll get. And a, I guess to Netflix say that and chat we will be watching those too. Like we're <laughs> yeah. not like the snobby Netflix For guys sure. because then it would just be like Children of Men and Roma and be like, all right, well that was it. <laughs> that was the whole podcast. Yeah. The two good movies. But no, as you'll find out later, we're taking all the movies. We've thrown them in a box. We're gonna be watching and every we're one of them be randomly. randomly Mm-hmm. Picking them out, and uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But that'll be another fun feature of the show. Correct is that you will get to uh, kind of know what the previous episode or what the next episode is going to be and play along. Yeah, uh, as much like Roma, which now a couple of weeks after the Academy Awards, yeah. we're hoping we have seen. Yeah. We have so, to do it. We don't blame you if you skip the kissing booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. We'll watch those ones for you. But if uh, if you do want to watch along with us, like like. Uh, there will be lots of, like we were going to say, but there's going to be lots of spoilers and whatnot. Like, it is intended to yeah. be watched if you... You should have seen the movie. Seen. We will be giving spoilers. So you kind of watch along with us, and then... Bradley uh, Cooper dies at the end. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is pretty much the breakdown of what this show is going to be. And like I said, or like we've said multiple times now... The movie that we have watched is Roma. The song that brought us into this uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that crazy I, adventure. I think Dan is, uh, Leo uh, said it all with that. Yeah, Leo Dan, actually. <laughs> and by far that. the most uplifting moment of Roma was that song, which definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah, never yeah, played yeah. in the movie. At no point was that, like, you know, uh, mariachi fucking thing sure. going on in the... But didn't it kind of just bring us into what we were doing? <laughs> we, again, found the... Yeah, perfect the intro, intro for the show. Yeah. For uh, old Roma. <laughs> Could have really used it at some at a couple of those. Uh... But to give you guys some quick facts, if you've been living under a rock and don't know, we watched Roma, which was directed by Alfonso Curion, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. <laughs> um, our, just... 
uh, famous director, just to give you a quick kind of breakdown of what he's directed with uh, Gravity with Sandra Bullock yes. and uh, George Clooney. Uh, Children of Men with um, Clive Owen. Classic. He's directed one of the Harry Potter movies. His Interesting. Big, his big Interesting. hit was uh, E2 Mama Tambien. was his first big passion project that like, got a lot of buzz. And I guess the first big thing that he directed that he was known for was uh, Great Expectations. It was like his first big Hollywood. Nice. Gwyneth Paltrow, Ethan Hawke, Robert De Niro. Nice, I mean, not nice. bad for a first-time director. Just to give you guys a breakdown, the synopsis of Roma is a year in the life of a middle-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. This movie is rated R. It is classified as a drama, and it has a runtime of 2 hours and 15 minutes. So no short film. It's uh, I feel <laughs> Honestly, like anything I mean, over really the trivia, was... anything over the uh, the trivia, anything over the two hour mark constitutes as a long movie. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say that uh, this day and age of like any comic book movie being three and change, I'd say like sure, yeah, two hours is pretty much. You don't really get like the ninety minutes of action and then get to go home happy as much I feel anymore. Like but hour and a half is the setting mark. Your movie should be nowhere shorter than an hour and a half. <laughs> It should. Yeah, if it's shorter than an hour and a half, we're what are talking, you doing? Yeah. yeah, like maybe put that cut scene back. Yeah, in. we're talking Ernest um, goes to jail territory <laughs> yeah. with like an hour and. Even those movies, I think, were like one twenty-eight. <laughs> they were right there, but uh, I you know like two hours is like, I think the mark. Fifteen minutes. What are we doing? <laughs> I will, however. I'll tell you what scene I could have cut out. Alert, <laughs> that, yeah. the, uh, that two hour and 15 minutes, I guess that does include like 30 minutes of credits at the end because you get out of there in about an hour and 40. You got to get out of there in about an hour and 55. Well, sure. So. The goddamn movie opens. I can tell you the 15 minutes I cut right now is the opening yes, scene it also opens of just with... water rushing over the <laughs> yeah. floor with like. For a very simple And I was movie. like, oh, they're going to like open up everyone's names. Nope. Just yeah. water on the floor. No, there was a lot of for a very simple movie. There were there were a lot of people produced in it because that movie, that opening credit scene, involved like yeah. twenty five production studios. Just working on waterworks. Like, <laughs> like a, and I guess um, this movie stars. I'm just going to give you what I would consider the top two actresses in this movie. There's yes. a lot of people in this movie, but the movie is really starring. Um, and again, this is going to be a brutal one, guys, because uh, I think I got this from the Aspergillo Aprecio. Correct. She and plays, I've gotten that just from what, just from hearing her name called out a million times on Oscar night. She so. plays Cleo. She the plays maid Cleo in the life of. She's the star and really carries the whole movie. Kind of crazy. First movie she's ever been in. Yes. This is her acting premiere. Got nominated for an Oscar for yeah. Best Leading Actress. For sure. And best was, Leading Actress. Not Best Supporting. And also in leading like, actress, like Daniel Day-Lewis uh, fashion, like, was in every scene of the movie <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. really carried it. Yeah, that's a it wasn't great even point. like, you know, she just had a great role. Even like a Lady Gaga, she came out and sang some amazing songs and really stole the, she stole the show that way. Correct. Because she sounded... No, no, she was like... Acted the shit. It was her like, yeah. high drama in every scene. Her shoulders carried his role. Yeah. Yes, very good point. And then the uh, other person I would say it is starring would be uh, Marina de Tavira. <laughs> See, her name didn't get called as much yeah. during uh, Oscar but night. But she played uh, Senora Sofia. She was the she was the mother of the family. Also nominated. Best Supporting Actress. Yes. So, I mean, now this wasn't her first movie, but... No. She... I, I could see that too, man. Definitely a good nod. Definitely a good nomination. For sure, for sure. And since we're talking about nominations, I guess I should mention too that the director, Alfonso Curion, was nominated for Best Director 
and fucking won. Yes. Nailed it again. This is a second second win for uh, Best Director. For sure, for sure. His uh, first win was uh, for Gravity with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. Kind of another crazy point I'll make. It was also nominated for Best Picture this year, which is yes. amazing. It didn't win, but this is the second time that Alfonso Curion won Best Director without his movie winning Best Picture. Oh, interesting. Which is kind of crazy. Which Gravity kind of didn't win. It's yes. very rare. But, and uh, it was the big favorite. If, you, uh, correct. if you're like me and, and look into the Vegas, the official Vegas odds for the Oscars, <laughs> yeah, Roma, Roma was a heavy favorite. It and everybody was. was very surprised when Green Book took... The uh, Oscar was really the sto- was really the uh-huh. story of the night. It was how big of a surprise that that one to beat Roma. Correct. And Roma did, however, win Best Foreign Film. Roma won Best Foreign Film, which was, which a, was not which was a given. It also won Best Cinematography. And just a little quick fact: uh, first time a movie's won uh, Best Cinematography and Best Director in twenty five years wow. for a bla- for a black and white movie. A black and white movie, yeah. Okay. Really random. Since, uh, since 1965, yeah. when they pick, when they colorized these moving pictures, <laughs> yeah, correct. We correct. haven't fucking we have we haven't looked at a black Great and white movie depth. since. But uh, that was another interesting fact that we'll get to later. But the black yeah. and white was another. The black and white was a uh, very appropriate, great you know, touch. Appropriate I feel like touch for sure. It took me, I think, like this is gonna sound crazy, kind of halfway through the movie where I realized I was like, oh yeah. I think it was the fireworks scene at New Year's Eve where I realized I was like, "Oh yeah, this movie's in black and white." Yeah. Like, really did not need color. No, that, uh, really didn't. And just kind of like and nailed it right. Landscape of. So I guess it's like city. like we were saying the movie opens with like water just running through that driveway that we see a lot in the movies. This driveway where they open the uh, garage for and let the cars in. Yeah. There's a very um, how do I say this? Is there's a very intricate system about how they all work. Like the doorbell rings, one person's grabbing the dog, one person's <laughs> open the door. Yeah. That whole hallway scene, like that driveway, you see that. The driveway scene it's is a lot. It's like that's sure. a main piece in the movie. Definitely. And it's like a impossibly narrow driveway for their car to fit in. There's very little margin of Correct. error. And I think Devin's right. There's definitely a lot of symbolism there between how difficult it is to get out of the house sure. and also the difference. Like, they live in a, in a complete compound, like this beautiful house, and then outside they go through this, like, horrible driveway and this weird yeah. complex system, and, and then they're, like, in terrible. the ghetto yeah. of Mexico City. Correct. But Correct, yeah. The other thing, though, is since we see this scene all the time, and it gets brought up a couple of times of, like, the dog shit. Because they have a dog. <laughs> yeah. There is dog Bodas. shit. Everywhere. And I get that, like, this is a movie where, like, we should be rooting for Cleo and, like, you know, we're behind her. <laughs> Dude, clean the fucking dog shit up. Like, that's made 101. Yeah, I mean, and it is, like, a constant theme of the movie, and I'm sure there's, like, some symbolic thing that, like, yeah, I'm yeah. not getting here. But, like, there is dog shit constantly in that movie. <laughs> right, and, definitely. like, even when, like, no, I know, they... like, the mom, uh, Senora Sofia, yells at Cleo about, she's like, I told you to pick that dog shit up because <laughs> yeah. she's already bummed out because the husband's leaving. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally on Senora Sofia's for side. Sure, it's like, for sure. clean the fucking dog shit up. It's made one on one. No, not And only then she the cleans dog. it up one scene. And, like, it's all like, oh, she cleans up poop. Like, the, the next driveway shit. scene, there is shit out there. <laughs> yeah. And there's two of these maids. Yeah. Like, they have a very, like, no, working she's, relationship. She's extremely. Extremely maternal and a, yeah. a lovable uh, family member, but a horrible maid, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. Like, the place just... is a mess, 
And uh, it definitely did come up when Sophia yelled at her because she was upset that the husband, the husband was, was leaving. leaving. And I think the mom knew that the husband was leaving the family for good, in large part, because there was dog shit all over the <laughs> Yeah, floor. like, dude, <laughs> you totally know? get it. He was, like, Driveway sucks. Empty boxes in the fridge, fucking yeah, dog shit all over the, the floor, dishes in Correct. the wall. I'm getting the fuck out of here. These this four that. kids, this I guess that's the thing, too, since we're like kind of like running through this pretty much the beginning. And again, we talk about spoilers, but like... She knew – it seemed she knew he was leaving. Like, she knew he was getting divorced. Yes. Or was it like – because, like, she gave him a hug and a kiss. I was like, we'll be here. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. you know it's up. No, I think that like, at the time you didn't necessarily know it. But then as the movie played out, you, you kind know of then got – You knew. know what? She knew the whole time. She had, like, a It was on thin ice for sure that the – it was, like, the – Unhappy, stressed out father that was, you know. Sure. And I guess, like, since we're talking about the four family, crazy kids screaming. Four? There's like eight of them. <laughs> I guess we should give a breakdown here, too. Like, the family consists of Cleo and um, her friend Adela is the other maid. Yes. It's Adela. Who, they, goes, uh, who goes missing for a large portion of the movie? She's I felt. doing the laundry. She was like, "Oh, she's out hanging with Ramon." <laughs> you know, she's know. out seeing. She's out jamming in the garage with Ramon. <laughs> the best pantsless. <laughs> oh yeah, let me grab my pants. Yeah. Ramon was the best. You're yeah. right. Yeah, where was his Oscar nod? For but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Cleo is the main. She's the maid. Um, part of the family, you know. She sits down while she's cleaning up, gets to watch like five minutes of the TV program. Yeah. Um, no, very much a part of the family. Sure, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. like the four kids. They love her. They was, uh... But isn't she no different? And I guess this is kind of as similar. And this is going to sound mean on that. I don't mean it like that. But isn't she more or less kind of like the same as a? What was the dog's name? Like they all kind of have the same roles. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, cause, like when she's like picking up while they're all watching. The dog TV, was Boras. Well, keep me out here. Cleo. There's literally this scene where she's like picking up their plates while they're watching TV, and then she sits down on the pillow to like watch the TV with her, and the littlest boy like puts his head like all right around her, and it was just like, mm. it's yeah, like it's yeah. very much. And then it's like get us tea, and she's like, oh, and like kind of <laughs> runs out. Like, and I think like that's a uh, no for sure. It was definitely a very interesting line uh, blend in the movie is how part of the family she was with the kids and like her maternal relationship with the kids yeah but then it was very much of an employee employer relationship with the family definitely highlighted by the scene later on when the grandma takes her to the hospital who and, like doesn't even played by i'm convinced tyler perry <laughs> the grandma was like nine foot two <laughs> like, yeah that's a good so out of character like but she didn't even know cleo's like name or anything about her in the uh, kind of in like in the scene when she takes her to the hospital sure she has yeah. nothing she actually first takes her shopping to get a crib mm -hmm. and like tells the guy like yeah i've got to get a crib for my maid who mm -hmm. the kids look at as like the mother pretty yeah. much sure, and like, then they go she the takes family, her yeah. to the hospital in emergency and she's like i don't know her birthday don't know her last name i know yeah. nothing about her that she works for me which was I'll tell you what i do know doesn't clean up the dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's our maid. Not a particularly good one. Not a great one. Part of the family, I guess. But, dude, you're definitely right, though, and that definitely was a theme that I got from the movie was this kind of feeling that uh, – and you kind of get it in the – like, I kind of get a feeling of it a lot of times – in uh, in the world that like a lot of negative things I kind of just put as on like being an American trait or an American quality mm -hmm. and kind of this like classist looking down at like your workers mentality I kind of associate as like an American thing yeah like you're mean, like like in a superior I'm not jumping on this you are on your own on this one <laughs> well no it's just like a cultural thing but it was very no, much I a understand. sense of it in this movie that there was yeah. like a classist thing where there was this rich Mexican family that very much looked down 
down on like their maid employer. Ooh, are we allowed know? to say Mexican? <laughs> yeah, and even then they were like still like middle class too, like the family themselves. Also, I don't know. They be- seemed to be pretty. They well, had like sure, two maids, lived in a mansion, and all this stuff. Like the they were taking leaves. vacations all over the place. Well, they show you that they though, were, like. like from the rooftop, the very opening scene where she's like up there doing the laundry and like the kid lays down because he's playing dead and she lays down because she's playing yes. dead. They do give like the overdrop where like it's not that great no, of a neighborhood for sure. Like they're, they're not in, really like, living in a mansion. Yeah, no, yeah. they're living in a compound. Like it makes it they look live like that. Like, like a, in a beautifully they, decorated mansion, but they, it's in like a fucking Mexico. And I think that's probably and like a lot of the have lot and have the, nots uh, of Mexico City, you know. But sure, they do that a lot too with like the interior where they'll give it those long kind of like Tarantino esque one shots of like her like walking yeah. around the house and you see how house like. And I get what you're saying is like the house is like pretty big. Like ooh, yeah. but then when they walk outside and they do like let the car and you're like oh no, fuck like that fans walking down Mexico, so, you know yeah, yeah for sure but uh i just felt that even like at one point Furman yells at her like just looks at her like a fucking servant i'm not oh, marrying her his we'll name, get into Furman later his name on, is Furman. i Furman. prefer to call him anything <laughs> but Furman. that dude is fucking vermin yeah. we will talk about Furman the vermin in a little <laughs> bit here but i just ultimately though i don't think that you can watch this movie and not get a little bit of that have and have not feeling where there was two totally different lives taking place in the same house with this sure, ultra-rich yes. family and then this poor person that's working for them. And it's kind of not, I don't want to say refreshing to know that that goes on in the country, but a lot of times there's like a lot of white guilt and from my standpoint, like American guilt for like living in a world where like these people have to work as servants. Well, but here's kind of goes on in Mexico too. This so. movie was also based on uh, Alfonso Curion's maid when they were growing up, much like Cleo, whose real name is Libio... Laboria Rodriguez, but they call her Libo. 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 Oh, yes, at the her. end, it says the movie was for Libo. Yeah. No, I didn't know who that was. She was in one of his movies. Like, she's still in their life. Like, she, much like their family, like, a lot of this was much based like off, Leo. like, Alfonso Curion, which I guess is supposed to be one of the kids. I'm betting he was Paco. Which is kind of a point I have to make, is that, like, there <laughs> or was... Or Pepe. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but remember... <laughs> it could have been Pepe. It could have been Pepe, it could have been Paco, or he could have been, like, maybe the girl. Because there was, like, five or six kids, right? We're not done yet. We needed two. <laughs> we needed two kids. You know what I mean? I so honestly boy did get confused. There was four, ultimately. Yeah. And I did get confused several times. Even at the end, the big dramatic beaching at the end, I was like, wait a minute, shouldn't there be one more of these <laughs> fucking exactly, kids? Exactly, yeah. And then, like, he came in at the end, I was like, oh, all right, Jesus all right. Christ. Like, so he was just, like, yeah. getting a snack. I was like, did they not or... care that Pepe, obviously, is missing? Like, Correct. Like, and the point wasn't of, like, there was, like, no... I don't want to say like the kids didn't stand out because their dialogue was great because even that was a great thing about this movie is that like the ball breaking they did amongst each other like they kept calling like their sister fat even yeah. though she wasn't like a know, fat yeah, little girl yeah. but it was just like such a brother sister thing sure. to do of like constantly breaking balls like they nailed the kids they nailed the kids four for or sure. five of them like you know what I mean? like none of them really <laughs> stood out from the other one yeah and I don't mean to sign I think they were just trying to create like a very a hectic family. overwhelming family yeah, environment I get or that. but the kids really were amazing and I really feel that they were thematically as well extremely important like keeping the the kids were always so well, happy a huge part. Yeah, and correct, lived like videos. such a happy life and honestly the kids their their lifestyle like it made me kind of really relate to growing up to my childhood growing up in mexico city in the early <laughs> 70s yeah, where it was nothing 70s. but like eating twinkies and going to the movies correct like, they had a very normal like there was much like mine yeah playing with toy cars getting exactly. fucking bossed Shooting around by guns. your mom yeah play yeah. guns it was like 
But even the little arguments they, they would Even have. the one kid hated the Cowboys. It was like, all yeah, right. Exactly. I, yeah. I, can, I can do this. I am on board <laughs> <Yeah>. Pepe. <laughs> For sure. Pepe's making a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. but, I'm I mean, more I of guess, a Monterey fan than Cruz Azul, however. But, and I guess that is a big thing, too, is you do see the dedication of Cleo to these kids. And yes. you're just like, man, can someone like this like, And these have... kids just live in such a depressing world around them in the movie however there's so much happiness in the kids Correct. i really feel like it was uh but it makes very... it kind of makes you wonder is like man you have a full-time like job like this it's good to see that it also shows like cleo's like outside life you know what yes. i mean which like a lot of this is about too which like i guess like not to sound like an asshole but like oh you don't even really think about that like it really is like a year in the life of the maid yeah. so much so that like she does have an outside life the other maid adela adela Hooks her up with her boyfriend, Ramon's <laughs> friend. All right, and we'll just take a quick pause to yeah. uh, to give a moment to celebrate Ramon, easily the best character in the movie. Hey, the best character, <laughs> dedicated boyfriend. Because there comes a point later where he doesn't want to do something, and she's like, Adela said you would help. And he's That's like, true. Dah. He was a stand-up guy you know at the I end mean? of the like, day. He and, never did anything uh, bad. Maybe he no, misread sure. the hookup. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He didn't know that his friend was going to turn into a crazy Mexican, like, military, like, gorilla, gorilla warrior. And Correct. Go up the no, he just wanted to play in a garage band in his village, pantless, <laughs> yeah, and go to the movie, and then and go make out in the movies nailers. every once in a while. Yeah. But, yes, a very unshaven, hilarious looking the uh, Ramon. Yeah. Shows up. He was the best. They are. So, like, uh, what? Cleo and uh, Adela are at the diner. They're like. Eating their food, they're having a soda, they're talking about how Adela used to have a guy that would like write her letters, but he was a trifling fool. Which yeah. was also <laughs> like it was kind a, of a foreshadowing. I was yeah. just like, Man, he says all this shit all the time. <laughs> but they're on a double date as it turns out. Yes. And Adela's boyfriend Ramon, for some reason, hangs out with fucking Furman. With Furman. Now yes. I guarantee his name is Furman, I guess, <laughs> or whatever. But I'm calling him Furman because it rhymes with Vermin. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. Well, he's a very hateable character. Yeah, but he's also again he, uh, relatable. He starts off pretty strong, actually. The diner scene Devin's referring to, like, upon introducing this guy, the first thing he does is after the girls leave, <laughs> yeah, he, he goes, goes back and back. finishes their coke, which I felt was a good move. <laughs> which I'm so I shocked <laughs> I'm he board. didn't take a bite of the tortilla. Yeah, only Ramon said we ate earlier. Yeah, Furman was like, Furman's like, he holds his stomach like, oh please, come on, yeah. heaven forbid. And then he like looks over shoulders, pounds down the soda, <laughs> yeah, like, runs yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I like this Furman character. Furman also Next got... Next thing you know, he's fucking swinging yeah. his dick around. Yeah. It's like, all he, right, a uh, little early for the full frontal. Dare but, uh, I say, was just trying to skip the Netflix and chill. Was like, let's skip the movie. Let's go back to my place. Hey, it's really nice out. Want to go to the park? Which <laughs> means my apartment. So they hit it off, I guess. You know, Cleo's into Furman, the fucking yeah. jerk. I think at that point they did actually establish that they were already dating through their conversation that they had uh, Oh, you were the dating. first date. Yeah, like, like it wasn't the first date, however, it was an obvious connection through Ramon. I feel like it's the first time they had sex. <laughs> and I it feel like this was prevalent in the uh the movie kinda tricks you. It says they're gonna go to the park. Yeah. Right? They're gonna go to the park. Okay. And maybe I thought maybe we had a kissing. No. Cut to full frontal Furman. <laughs> yeah. With, like, taking apart the um, the uh, shower rail. Yeah, there's a long shot of him naked in the bathroom, and you're thinking, all right, probably not going to go much further than this. Yeah. He's futzing around for something in there, and you're thinking, all right, I think that we're probably going to now cut to sure, sure. Yelitsa in the bed, but then no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We get full on. You realize what he's doing? He's taking down the shower pole. Yeah. So he can use it as, like, his fighting As stick. a Donatello-style uh, <laughs> right, bow or whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get full frontal Furman. 
Now here's for like, what... for like a minute and a half too, not like a glimpse, not like a. Uh... Oh no, because we get a full on martial arts fucking <laughs> breakdown of how yeah. he can fight like Donatello. Sure. Much like what I've always feared the Star Wars kid in the garage would be. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, you're a hundred percent right. Just he was... a full on him with his bow staff. Yeah, Star Wars yeah. kid, only fit Mexican yeah. guy, and with this his guy totally naked with his cock swinging everywhere. Is the biggest douche in the world. Like he's like the kind of guy that listens to like well, and no disrespect point, really to Joe R- sure but you should be able to figure it out from this scene because he goes <laughs> on like a full on like yeah. Joe Rogan type listener podcast he's like martial arts saved my life that's why I was just <laughs> no, doing sure. it naked in front of you listen ladies if you ever have sex with a guy and he immediately posts yeah. <laughs> post sex is like do you mind if I just rip your shower apart because I'm going to do some naked yeah. karate for you you fucked up yeah. <laughs> like I you run away from I guy. fucked up yeah. this was a uh, no, it's true. It's <laughs> like, dude. But, just, but, that but he was, says something charming. He says, like, like the way you look at me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But, like, but red you're right. flag. That was the initial red flag, This though. dude sucks. Yeah. First scene was the uh, him drinking the soda. You're like, all right, seems kind of sleazy. Next yeah. thing, do a naked karate. Naked you're karate. like, all right, we've got a major issue with, with Fermone. And I guess when you cut with to Fermin, Cleo, rather. like, uh, here's a great thing, too. When you cut to Cleo and she's in the bed watching Furman doing... Uh, naked karate. She is making the appropriate face. <laughs> like yeah. she's Very never like confused. smiling yeah. or like blown Not away by. Turned on. She's with... just like, all right, I <laughs> fucked up. So martial arts. Was that kung fu or uh, man? Kung I hope I'm not pregnant with this guy's kid. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. She is, and I guess just to stick with the fucking firm and the vermin. Fucking just train the thought here. They do go out for a second date. They do go to the movies, finally. They finally make the film where goddamn fucking Furman just won't stop making out with her. And I like, just real quick, I felt ironically enough for a Netflix movie, <laughs> they're always going to the movies in this fucking <laughs> yeah. thing. For a, uh, they like go, they take five trips to the movies. I'm sitting in my fucking apartment like, geez, yeah. that looks fun. Maybe I should yeah, go out. Yeah, go to the movies. <laughs> hey, you guys want to go to the movies? This is <laughs> but anyway, so they're in the movies. But he's doing a classic Netflix and chill move at the movies <laughs> where he's true, just like aggressively making out with her in the back. <laughs> Whereas like, it's seems like they're watching an awesome movie too because on the movie is like this hilarious three stooges-esque like they're fighting like yeah, nazis like fighter pilots yet there's three stooges like. everybody in the audience is cracking up yeah. like having the time of it's their life slapstick uh fucking fighter pilot scene she's trying to tell this dude she's pregnant when she finally gets out of her mouth he handles it like a champ. You know what I mean? Like, he plays this so well. For he was sure. He's like, like oh, and good. it must be the martial nice. arts training. Which, again, like a douche, he doesn't say, like, karate. Like, oh, you do karate? It's not karate, bro. It's martial arts. <laughs> like, he always really? calls it martial arts. Yeah. Martial arts saved my life. Which, spoiler it doesn't. He just makes him <laughs> more of a douche. But she tells him he's pregnant, and he's just like, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs> yeah, no. At first, like Devin says, he's like, "Oh, that's great. Yes. Yeah, this is good news." Then, right? like, he like does the old yawn, like, "So anyway, I'm gonna run to the bathroom and uh... I'm gonna get a pack of smokes." <laughs> yeah, you want some ice cream? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a dude piece he of shit. Her ice cream. He even offers her ice cream. Insult to injury. But then he goes to the bathroom. Which I guess another flaming red flag should be. He also gets out of there so fast, he leaves his jacket. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm going to go piss. No. I take the jacket, and I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's, it's uh, you're really giving up. You're, you're blowing up your spot if you take your jacket with you. I mean, you got you to jettison the jacket in a situation like this. Just to fast track the vermin, vermin, vermin things. He leaves, right? He leaves at the theater. She finally, you find out that she's pregnant. She's moving it along. Yes. 
you know, she finds out that Miss Sophia, Senora Sophia, isn't going to fire her. She's very upset about it. Yes. She finally tracks him down. Because, again, Adela... And all of this is very yeah, blown over. Like, obviously, a lot of time has passed in this, and they don't really cover her being stressed No, because Cleo always much. fucking handles it like a goddamn yeah. There's Exactly. You know what There's I mean? There's no, like, like, level of stress going on. There's just this ominous feeling of, like, yeah. doom and gloom Correct. that covers but over her. But she always just handles it But at well. no point She's is she, like, crying to her friend, like, man, I can't see... Because, Which let's is... be honest, once you see Furman do naked karate in front of <laughs> yeah, you, like, it's like, what else, what else could, like, really blow your mind? So then ultimately, like you said, I guess she tracks him. Like, she does try to track him down. That's where Ramon comes Our in. Our boy, Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Tidy whities <laughs> Exactly. Front yard? <laughs> I want to say. Yeah. Just electric guitar. <laughs> Don't even realize there's a drummer. He's like, yo, yo, cut it out. There's yeah. just like a whole drum kit like behind and the drum down And they're not jamming out. He quote-unquote like, quote goes, hey, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're holding up rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you got to get back to that track. I mean. Like they, were, they were practicing that number Fat for a Daddy while. Fat Daddy Rekodex ain't going to come around. We got to beat Red T. It's 1971. They're like, yo, we're getting hype about this guy's baby, Selena. <laughs> we're thinking, uh, this La Bamba shit's really taking off. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're going to go a different metal way. Hard metal. <laughs> yeah. He is so much so that he's like, once she convinces him, because he's like, no way. Bros before hoes. And she's more or less like, she says, Adela said you would help, but she's like, mm, I'll tell Adela. <laughs> and he was just like, all right, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you to there. So Let me grab some pants. Because he walks to the car, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is they short. Head straight to the car, and yeah. he's like, wait a minute, I'll go grab some pants. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Which then, I guess, comes to a crazy kind of a scene where she tracks down Furman, the vermin, where he's, like, doing his martial arts training. Now, I had to look this up myself because there was a couple of red flags that, like, one of the guys that was training him was, like, a white dude from at a West Point. Thing on. Okay, interesting. Come on, maggots! Anytime American military gets brought up in the movies, sheer evil Correct. is going to be portrayed. Now, this is actually a real thing where they they trained like Mexican, Mexican civilian guerrilla warfare as army to like the CIA like train yeah. them to like when you'll find out later in the movie like they, those big riots were like. Well, they you would... knew that was going to happen. I guess this is another thing that we haven't mentioned, but there's also a tone of like civil unrest going Correct. on in Mexico. One of the first things you see with the kids, he's talking about. He's like, "Oh, my friend was throwing water balloons at a car, and then he hit an army car." And they shot him. Like, is he all right? Like, well, they shot him in the face. So, <laughs> yeah. no, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then, as well, they're they're having a uh, New Year's Eve. Should we get into the New Year's Eve party? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other podcast. But <laughs> we will get the New Year's Eve. Party. Let's finish with okay, Furman right. the Vermin first. Yes, all right. What happens? And again, in pure douche mode, the whole thing breaks up. Real kind of like sweet moment is though like it was when the one Zen kind of sensei guy comes out. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna do something crazy for you guy, and he does the thing which I'm now attempting right now, where he puts his leg to the side, yes. and his hands up with his eyes closed. You're, I'm trying it right now. Your two fingers touching each other yeah. over your head. Your one foot on your calf. Your eyes closed. I'm gonna use the microphone as an excuse, but I right, I'm gonna go and go off mic. Here. No, everybody tried. Everybody that watched the movie, and there was a funny scene where they showed all of the women that were watching the training take place trying it. Who's the one person that nailed? It's Cleo. Is Cleo. Did Cleo have it? Yeah. I didn't, oh, I didn't right. you know, that's, that's like huge. I didn't notice Like it. everyone's like stumbling around. Oh, like, amazing. Cleo standing I was there. literally, no joke, I barely noticed it because I was <laughs> standing currently Standing with your I eyes closed? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, swear yeah. to God. So I opened my well, eyes I, and at some point I'm like, oh, they're doing it too. That's funny. Cleo nailed it? Cleo nails it. Like, yeah, oh, she's the one person that has like her leg there. She's like, centered. Yeah, she's I mean, in. Dude, she fucking has she the has weight of the world on her shoulders. She does. She finds Interesting. That's huge. Yeah, it's pretty 
probably the biggest. And there's lots of and there's lots of foreshadowing and symbolism in this movie, and that's a huge, very symbolic yeah. thing that I totally. It's like right behind the dog poo. <laughs> it was dog poo. <laughs> perfect scarecrow, and that was the invention of yoga. The end. No, so uh, she finally finds Furman, the vermin. Yes, because I finally tracks down Furman, the vermin, and he starts it off normal. Like, oh, sorry, I missed your messages. I've been very busy. Which I think at this point too, I had to look up, and I was like. What year does this movie take place? Like, has you been texting him? Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, I haven't really gotten your there messages. Is, that's not ne- ever made clear. They never yeah. give you the uh, Wonder Years style. <laughs> tell you the date going down. Although, how but, much better would this movie have been if Fred Savage did there <laughs> or uh, Daniel Stern narrated it? <laughs> yeah. At this point, I was this young Mexican maid, <laughs> but uh. He basically says, like, I'm a huge piece of shit. She's like, the baby's yours. This is and he the, says, the single most dramatic, I'd say, turning point, or one of the more dramatic turning points of the movie. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. Okay? It's brutal. This, he tells her straight up, he's like, if you ever tell me that this kid is mine again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. And I'll kill the little one, too. And then he karate kicks. And then, exactly. Her over and then her he head. ends it like in the douchiest way. Is he shows like he's like, Furman. He's like, oh dude, this guy sucks really so much. About it, dude. Like, he, he really was such a Mexican bro. Like, dude, he was such an hombre. I he was I wear even... like hair bun away or whatever the fuck, dude. Like that dude sucks. You're right. So he bad, was definitely dude. forty years too early for the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, but and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a Muay Thai uh, subscription oh, or whatever. You guys uh, live a, like, a Muay Thai like gym membership. You guys ever listen to Joey Coco Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Furman. I guess that's my end of my Furman yeah. rant. Um, and give the movie the Oscar. I'd say. <laughs> Next week we'll catch up. Yeah, best villain, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Furman the Vermin was the yeah. fucking so he, he, uh, So he gets the big news. or So Cleo finally tracks him down mm-hmm. uh, and and finally gets her chance. And we haven't seen Furman since the movie scene. No, right? he literally dips out for the <laughs> bathroom. Yeah, for the rest. And then uh, he's not to be seen again until this scene where then he goes running off onto a truck yeah. with a bunch of other Mexican warriors. And you can tell that they're up to no good, this... This army yeah, that Devin spoke of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a and guy from West Point. I guess that'll Point. kind of get us back to the civil unrest that I spoke of and Correct. the New Year's Eve party. Because that was one of the more <laughs> dramatic pe- uh, parts of the movie. I'd say another one of the real... And we're talking in a two-hour movie, not much really happens by way of drama. It's an extremely intense Correct. movie. But only a few sporadic dramatic scenes, which really was great movie psychology. It really... No, in, it in, really uh, is like the intensity of everything. In the most literal form, a year in the life of a maid of a middle class family. For sure. Like, and a lot of times nothing's going on. So then when something does go on, it seems very crazy. Yeah. And the first thing to go on that seemed crazy was about an hour into the movie. Nothing's happening. And then uh, there's actually Cleo is now. They're having a New Year's Eve yeah, party. Yeah, you find the dad's left. He's not going to be home for yes. uh, Christmas. The dad, exactly. Okay, the dad has gives now the left on a business yeah. trip. Which is taking for, way too long. Yeah, which keeps yeah. on getting extended, and we're starting to get suspicious. You're finding and you start out thinking, yeah. you know what? Maybe that hug from the mom when he left. That intense and, kiss. And the anger about the dog shit. No, that, is that really... was legit. <laughs> the dog shit anger, totally legit. <laughs> like, Maybe that wasn't just foreshadowing. Yeah, that was just no. straight up. That's but, fucking clean the 
this shit up. It's everywhere. But then, so they're at but this the New Year's party, and then uh, a huge piece of foreshadowing comes where Cleo is now pregnant. She's talking to another maid, like old friend of hers, Correct. and they're celebrating the fact that she's expecting. And Cleo's very reluctant about the celebration itself, and she's trying to get him to take a shot of mezcal for New Year's a little Eve. Little drink, yeah. She's making like a mezcal margarita, and you can tell which looked delicious. It was like I just want to drink out of that clay mug. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like this looks awesome. Inca thing because then, I guess a good point is like the family themselves are like celebrating in the mansion and the family they're all visiting. Okay, whereas yes. like all the maids, <laughs> they, yeah, like the, they go through a hilarious stairwell full of ducks and pigs <laughs> to be like, no, the real party's down here, motherfucker. Like, oh, okay. Before we get we're to eating tamales down here, bitches. Before we even get to the. Uh, Separate New Year's Eve party. <laughs> when they first get to this house where they're celebrating New Year's, can we just talk about a minute of the wall of fallen oh, dogs? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The wall of well, fallen Well, also dogs. big foreshadowing, I feel, going <laughs> like, on. First of all, that whole house has animal heads everywhere. There's yeah. one room dedicated to every dog that's ever owned. That's ever has lived their head on mounted. this property. Yeah. While they're like, oh, this dog. is Sparky. He was from 1911. <laughs> and it's like a fucking Irish setter's head on a wall. And there's a fucking hundreds of, of, anim- of dog heads on this wall. <laughs> there's a whole room. Yes. Is fucking dog and heads. And then there's a dog licking Cleo's yeah, hand. Yeah, just going like, on. <laughs> unaware of the fucking faith. Oh, he's aware. <laughs> he's aware. He, he knows what's he's going not. on. Dude. But then, it, dude, as, as well in throughout the rest <laughs> of the house, though, heads. animal heads everywhere. Yeah, there are. There's like lamps or pigs, fucking Correct. boar yeah. heads for lamps. Well, they're they're show that, like, fucking guess, kangaroo what, they're skull. They're all gluttons. They're all animals. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just love dogs. The dog heads were the best because they were also just like this hilarious group of like, dude, when did they ever own a schnauzer? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like For pit bulls real. and no, like mutts. It wasn't just mutts. It was yeah. like, yeah, there was like a real. full brown pit bull like, <laughs> like on there. And then the next one was like, was like a Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, interesting. Actually, <laughs> it was like the wall. Like, did you get these There dogs? was a puggle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A schnoozle. There was, do they buy these dogs just so yeah. like, oh, this would this is going to make the wall look great. <laughs> like, a couple of those were uh, yeah, yeah, like, Applebee's. Totally style. vanity buys. For Applebee's. Sure, for sure. <laughs> there was some flair. There was some... So but anyway, but so anyway, they're at the they're at the so uh, lower down upstairs. That's upstairs. <laughs> yeah, downstairs, however, like I said, they're fucking dancing to mariachi, <laughs> eating tamales, drinking mezcal. But a very, uh, I'd say... You know, uh, important foreshadowing scene is right when Cleo and her old friend are about to finally take a celebratory New Year's Eve toast in honor of her pregnancy and whatnot. Correct. She's hit by somebody, like hit in the back by a dancing uh, party goer, uh-huh. knocking her Knocks shot over, out of breaking her, her yeah. clay shot, smashing it to pieces. That's which a, was uh, like so far just everything well, in her. Well, that's a huge piece of foreshadowing yeah. oh, because absolutely. the two things they did the toast for. Is one like the continued peace of Mexico City, okay, yes. which we let her find out the riots break out and they kill the students, which doesn't happen. And two, the well-being of your child, yes. which also like we'll find Boom, out later yeah. does not pieces. Well. Another piece of foreshadowing I'd say before the New Year's party is when we mentioned that she went to the doctor mm-hmm. as well to find out about the pregnancy. But she gets she finds out that she's having a baby. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, let's take a deep breath, try to gain some positivity. They're like, go look at the baby uh, room of the newborns, fucking trying to boo your spirits. What happens in earthquake? A fucking earthquake. And fucking literally a rock drops down <laughs> yes. on like the one intensity. <laughs> 
But so that was some very interesting foreshadowing there that there's literally like right when she finds out that then there's a, a, natu- a, a natural disaster and a dead baby right on screen yeah. within minutes of her finding out she's pregnant. Then she, like the first piece of uh, the second time that any try to try to uh, piece of positivity tries to get buoyed in this life in this girl's life is the big mezcal shot at New Year's. Yeah, that gets ruined Bang by down. this dancing bitch. Then minutes later, though, is really like the first piece of major action that happens in this movie when a huge as Cleo like tries to recover from the shot break and goes take a, get some fresh air take a deep breath she realizes that there's like a forest fire going on in their village correct that you get the idea some like At first local... you see fireworks and then like it realizes it's like oh it's actually a fire yeah these are like they keep talking about how like the other ranchers yes. and like rich people are actually up all the, the land. whole dog head thing got introduced because it was claimed that they one of the dogs one had the dogs. eaten yeah. a poisoned rat but that was actually supposed to be these like the rival group of yeah. villagers correct that then set their whole fucking thing on fire on New Year's presumably. Eve presumably presumably yes. exactly. Which is again is that hot is a hot piece of action in the movie. Which again is one of those things that you said it like, feel like and again like it's such a weird movie is it feels like oh this is gonna be the big thing like, the big fire was just like oh no like we're all out here just putting the For fire sure, out yeah. but then something crazy happens <laughs> while they're putting New the Year's fire Eve out. monster are you talking New Year's Eve monster comes out dude this guy just comes out in like full ghillie suit but yeah. like with a monster Earlier face on he was on. like chasing the kids around he in some in ceremony point. like it's some like Santa Claus ceremony where the uncle put on yeah, a suit of like leaves the Krampus whatever the New Year's Krampus comes yeah. but then like he just comes walking out like everyone's putting the fire out a monster comes walking out of the woods he's dressed like Chewy he's basically Chewy with his yeah. fucking helmet off well maybe it's but yeah, yeah I pictured him green <laughs> but like nobody pays him any knowledge. No one's like, oh fuck, crazy. Well, still was their thing. uncle Ramon was still wearing. Then he comes out, takes the mask off. Yeah. It's a Norwegian guy. <laughs> it's a blonde hair, blue eyed. Sings hair. the song in front of the camera. Sings a Norwegian song. Yeah, not in not in Spanish. Krampus I don't know what language. comes to get you, Misty yes. This, this lovely Norwegian lullaby. Happy Halloween! Like, isn't it New Year's? <laughs> then he puts his mask back on yeah. and just goes. And the only scene in the movie with no subtitles was this beautiful, like, like Nor- yeah. Scandinavian love tune it's that he bellows out. In fucking like he says, he's not. He like, l- you were wondering no where the fourth kid was at the end of the movie. Uh, fucking Krampus took him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, nobody seemed very. Uh, that that guy didn't seem very concerned. Like there was that guy, and then there was the kid in the spacesuit when the kids were running around the forest playing. Like all oh, the cousins play, and there was just <laughs> the one little weirdo in sure. NASA suit. Like no, oh, that's number one be suspect, Pepe, right? Who that's classic. The, number one suspect for who lit the forest fire? I don't know the guy that's not helping put it out. Yeah, maybe singing a celebratory song of victory. <laughs> maybe this guy has something to do with the. Uh, maybe the guy in disguise. <laughs> yeah, singing the. Victory. Three Norwegian songs. <laughs> yeah. Vikings will rule world again. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> like. But anyway, like Devin was saying though, this comes after about an hour straight of literally nothing going on, but they b- accept this very tense and dramatic tone and feeling of doom. And you've got the feeling that the shoe is about to drop at any given moment. A moment on this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And, and then finally, now we're in. There's this big fo- uh, forest fire. You think like you know, Devin said. Now, all right, now is where. Here's like the action starts. They're not even action. Something. Yeah. Something. You know what I mean? Like, this is where anything starts. But no. Because you're right. It always that has that doom and gloom yes. feeling. They of keep like, an amazing feeling of happen. intensity 
and it's like uh, this movie is riddled with anxiety as you're watching it. Correct. However, nothing ever. Ha- but and like I said, it's great film psychology where they keep stringing you out that something's gonna happen, but that's what right. it does. So and I guess to so fast track a little bit, they leave New Year's. The mom has a little bit of a breakdown. You know what I mean? There's one scene where she's obviously drunk. She's crashing into the driveway, <laughs> yeah. which, which is, is an impossible driveway to. Dude, oh my god! Like for sure, I liked her just like. And I've been there as a young drunk. I've just been like, oh, fuck, I've already hit the wall. Might as well just keep this thing going, dude. Like, just trying to drive through it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I trying to get into my house. Well, she was a terrible driver because then when she wasn't drunk on the way to the doctor, <laughs> yeah. I guess even more foreshadowing, on Cleo's portrait, like, way to the doctor, this lady, I don't even know why they put that scene in, that she just fucking, like, totals her well, car on the way. the like, car is supposed to be a symbolism of oh, I see. the husband. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Because there was a big car. It was. He was that precisely able to get in there. Loved. It was like, the okay, you're right on that. Throughout true. the movie, yes. as the realization of the doctor not for being sure, there anymore, the sure. husband, the car gets the car keeps getting worse and worse. So at first, she just kind of wedges car. between a car. Right. She then like right. crashes. And this movie is very deep and very, very boring. When movie. she finally gets the smaller car that fits in the driveway yes. perfectly, like trick one. The kids love it. They go on a vacation. They're all very happy. They get the bad news then that dad's not coming home. Yeah. But she's like, finally, you know, she's done, like, no, smacking right. her kids in the, the face car. when they're spying on her, <laughs> which is, but, again, like, Cleo's trying to give you a heads up. It's like, sure. you're going to get that's hit where I'd and get say me sim- Symbolism at. is very important in this movie. It's a lot of and, it. And, uh, like, I was going to say is that it's for a movie where not much happens, it would be a great, like, repeat viewing kind of movie because there's all these things that I'm sure you'd pick up on and would come into place because that's a theme of the movie that I didn't really pick up on, but you're absolutely right. That car, I knew there was something. And that's another part of this movie as you're watching. There's this feeling that shoes shoes about to drop. There's also this feeling mm-hmm. that, like, you don't know exactly why you're so engaged and whatnot. Correct. And there's a big, like, there's a lot of, uh, it's very symbolic and there's a lot of foreshadowing. Well, I guess. So t- watching it, it would, it would be good for repeat viewing from that aspect. Correct, and I guess to move along, too, to keep with the foreshadowing, is when they finally, you know, time moves along again, the mom's kind of getting a little more with it, Cleo's along in her pregnancy, when they go to buy the crib, yeah. all shit breaks <laughs> That's loose. when hell like, really breaks I mean, loose. everything, like, really, like, falls sure. apart then. It's, like, the hardest, like, I want to say 30 minutes of the movie to no watch, doubt. because it goes to, like, them going to get a crib for Cleo. Again, baby sensitive. For sure. Um, when they there's protests, get there, there's like there's, volatile protests correct. taking place outside, which really that was the first time in the movie where I knew something was going to happen. Correct. When they go into that baby shop, I'm like, you could hear the chanting from outside, and I'm just like, I also got a feeling me, this is going to come uh, come full circle right here. And again, maybe this will come off a little too gringo, but like I was watching <laughs> this, and it's like, is this just something that happens in like... You know, like, I guess, I don't want to say worse than not to quote Trump in shithole countries, <laughs> but like in like less fortunate countries than ours, whereas like... I know if I was going crib shopping and pulled up on that, I'd be like, oh, we'll do this we'll tomorrow. Do this tomorrow. <laughs> like, Great call. There's no, no fucking way. Honestly, like, oh, look, a parking spot just opened up. <laughs> like, no, for sure. fucking get out of here, man. No, like, but culturally speaking, Devin's right because there was a lot of things in this movie that I just don't know if it didn't that didn't make sense to me. Sure. And that was the thing. And, like, as well, like, at one point they leave the house and, like, a marching band goes past them. And it's like, what is this? Like, like That's why? actually a nod to another movie that, like, was an inspiration of his that I actually randomly yeah. know. But, like, the whole... And also, like I mentioned earlier, but there's this tone of civil unrest. You don't exactly know why. They never explain what that's about. There's all sorts of things that go on in the movie that you're just like – that you kind of chalk up as just be like, oh, that's like a Mexican cultural thing or like a 1970s Mexican cultural thing or whatever. Correct. But it kind of – as Devin says, to get gringo on it. Yeah, no, exactly. However, you don't necessarily – But like I said, I mean – 
I'd be all adios up in that bitch. One hundred percent. There's no, no way. For sure. But they I'm go through Crib it. Like, yeah. They, so they go, go to Babies R Us. Uh, Babies R Us does online, by the way. Do <laughs> yes. You guys, you know that, Cleo? Yeah. Well, we don't do Amazon here. <laughs> Netflix doesn't deliver cribs. <laughs> Um, but, I, but I brought up the crib shopping experience earlier. That was kind of another piece. He she goes this time not with uh, the mother of the family, but the grandmother of the Tyler played Perry. Played by Tyler Perry, <laughs> of course. Nine foot three. Yeah. But I always thought about that too. It just like I know it wasn't Tyler Perry, but I love the casting. The tall grandma is an underappreciated cast because, like, <laughs> as someone that came from, like, my grandma was probably, like, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, like, yeah. was big grandma style, yeah, like, big mama style. broad shoulders, you know what I mean? She was, like, yeah, a big nice. grandma, and you see big grandmas every now and then, but they always get portrayed as, like, little old lady. Yeah, like, yeah, feeble oh, old lady. Grandma. Like, yeah, big grandma. Big mama was holding it down. She was always forgetting about shopping. big grandmas, dude. But now Devin is, is right. The intensity really comes now. As uh, they're they're innocently enough crib shopping, when all of a sudden you start hearing the they screaming the getting place. louder yeah. and louder. Well, they shop wrong, you know. They took too much interest in the first crib. They're like, oh, how much is this <laughs> yeah, one? Like, whoa, 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 shop and around, also, the, guys, first of all, then the grandma says, sends the girl away to be like, wait a minute, five hundred bucks? Come on, I'm a long time yeah, customer. I do love Go that. talk to the manager about this shit. Which again, total Tyler Perry move. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's gonna have that down to one twenty five plus real. free shipping. But, but then, so the screaming, the the, uh, the unrest on the streets <laughs> is getting louder and louder. And then I think you hear some gun, you hear some shit going down. Well, they pan there. out the window. You see the fighting going down. All of a sudden, but everybody comes like rushes in. to the yeah. window. They're so looking look, out. Holy yeah. shit! There's bombs. People are going crazy. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Devin says, "People come running." A into student me. runs in, says, "Please hide me. Help me. They're, They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me." And then a bunch of militants. Who's like actually the military, hired by the CIA, poses like street thugs, come running in. And these, I mean, that's a political argument we're gonna do. These are like guerrilla war. Yeah, kind of. But like, the is CIA like, is like they were know, trained like, by some paid-off corrupt CIA. It's not like correct. the American government went out of their way to like train these guerrilla. Yeah, only because we're not trying to get <laughs> shut down. In episode one. <laughs> but but uh, no, it's something that definitely happens with third world with, with all sorts of guerrilla uh, guerrilla military organizations hire military experts from around the world that have fucking you know what I mean. Well, who? What kind of garbage people are they going to hire to do it? You fucking guessed it. Who is in the <laughs> yeah. baby shop with a gun? Nobody other than motherfucking Furman the Vermin. Furman the Vermin, Pointing yes. a gun and no one other than Cleo. And like now, I mind said, you, in the background, they pull the guy out of a cupboard, shoot him in the chest, and kill That's him. That's not Cleo, yes. Brutal. Furman does not take that. Furman is not the murderer. However, during the murdering, Furman is. is holding a gun on Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. Staring oh down. Oh, my God. And super intense, just like... And you know what the face Cleo is making? Like, fuck, man. This guy did naked karate in front of me after we had sex. <laughs> I should have saw it coming. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but then it gets worse. And I guess, like, we're getting, like, the real no-joking moment, moment of this. Her water breaks. It takes a long time to get to the hospital. Which is just, a, first of all, it, like it's, I said, such an anxious, such an anxiety-riddled moment. Because it's, it like, really the is. worst fear. First of all, you're going through this crazy, dramatic moment. Correct. Where he's got the gun in her face. You're, is he going to shoot her? Uh, it's all going down. Then her water breaks. Then they have to drive there in the height of traffic. Which, for somebody like me from North Jersey, <laughs> that has a little bit of an issue with traffic, that really is, like, a worst-case scenario of, like, if you have a major emergency. For sure. And you're sitting in, like, tunnel traffic in one of these situations. Yeah, what do you do? And Cleo's like having a baby in the back seat and they're stuck and obviously not going anywhere. It's tough. It's a very long scene of her, I guess, having a stillborn. And, I mean, 
they fucking put it in your face. Yes. Like when they first get to the hospital and they're like saying like the heart's not beating. You know, they're yeah, like, for they're sure. They're like, get her to surgery. And then like they show the long haul and you kind of hear screaming. And I was like, oh, okay. It's implied that like he didn't this is not going to go well. But then the doors swing open and they're wheeling her in. I'm like, oh, are we fucking doing this? Well, first of, all, brutal, first of all, first of all, she like... then on the way actually has a hilarious encounter with the Furman! doctor. <laughs> no, 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 with kidding. the doctor of the family that she works for. Runs into him in the in the elevator. Correct. And it's like, Cleo, good luck with this. And then the most hilarious move goes, Cleo, like, good luck. You're gonna do great. Doctor Alvarez won't let me come into the room with you, but you're gonna do great. And then the doctor's there, just like, no, no, you can come in if you want. And he's like, no, no, I got an appointment. Like. I... <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own, Cleo. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> so it's brutal. yes, then Cleo gets rushed in to have a baby that you obviously don't think is gonna make it. And then Devin's right. Like you see, she's laying there. You've got a close up on her. Where in the very short background is them doing emergency surgery on the baby, and yeah. it's obviously not going well. And it's like, could you close one of those fucking doctor room curtains <laughs> yeah. while you're having emergency fucking resuscitation on the baby right I mean, next to the mom? And they go through it all. It's like full on dead baby. Yes. In, like a worst case scenario in life would be having to deal with that. Done. The movie tackled it and talk about just Bradley like, Cooper dies at the end. It's <laughs> the point no, we're trying to make. But I mean, in terms of Roma, like talk about just really ratching up the intensity in the movie and just like you really are at this point just Correct. as much with the drama that you can possibly handle. Like this is as tough of a, as hard of a scene to swallow as you've ever seen in your life. Well, and the whole thing too is the baby is a big stress on her, and then you have to wonder is like, man, like isn't this like. And again, like, this doesn't sound, like, dark as fuck. But, like... But that's what this movie is. Isn't this it, like, dark. kind of, like, okay? Like, could she have raised a baby? Like, what was the end game? Like... Well, yes. I mean, I guess that's And then, a... I guess, like, fast forward. They go on vacation, right? And, and, find and then out... in another inappropriate thing on vacation where... Like and the mother does this a couple times, but th there's there's a lot of bad timing choices in this movie where she breaks the news about the family divorce like right at the pinnacle of like the uh, family <laughs> vacation dinner as they're about to get sure. dessert. They're all having the time of their life. Before but dessert, kids, 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 stop, stop the fun. Like, could that not have uh, waited till the next I'll morning? I'll tell you this much. It beats a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> <laughs> telling of divorce, <laughs> which my parents' geniuses did. We're getting a divorce. Now your dad's going to take you to see Mrs. Doubtfire. He's going through a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, All right. So I guess there's no easy way to do it. There's no easy way to However, do it. However... I just felt that that was, and there was a couple situations like that in this movie where yeah. it's like, wow. The family goes on vacation here. with the new car. They go to like a beach town. You find out so the dad can go and clear his shit out. The uh, he, the kids finally get the bad news. Yeah, the news is like I said. I guess the mom tells him that the dad has not been at a conference in Quebec. He's not coming back to the family. They're on yeah. vacation, so the dad can go gather his belongings from the house. Fast forward to the next day. They're all at the beach. Big pivotal finale scene, right? Yes. And again, Cleo, like I said, the spirit of the kids really being so much of the movie. As kids. Really showed just how, like, the positivity, the mother stayed positive for the kids. Correct. And the kids, like, the next day, they were just a smiling, happy family. You still had the weight of this movie As on your shoulders. Someone from a divorced family, I... Get that shit. For it sure. made so much and, sense, And, like, the dude. movie was... And, like, and now it's just very real life, and that's what the movie was, like Devin said. But and the kids like, were uh, so real if, like... Um, you know, it just like their dialogue was like so real and like normal. Like the one kid's crying, the one kid's is like, yeah, all right. Like, the other kid's like, banana ice cream will be fine, thanks. <laughs> oh, that was the yeah, the great yeah. scene. Like Pepe's literally, not getting it. right <laughs> after the mom tells him, the waitress comes over and starts telling him what oh, ice cream dessert flavors. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. then, and then they cut to them just like slumped, shouldered, <laughs> yeah, fucking head and hands, cream. eating ice cream in the parking lot, like brutal. Comes a big pitiful scene. You find out Cleo cannot swim. 
the yeah, mom they build on the way to the beach. Fix a tire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, was the mom trying to kill the kids, by yeah. the way? Like, is the twist ending that, like, ah, you'll never thwart me the next time, Cleo? <laughs> but Cleo can't swim. Two of the kids drown-ish, I guess. They I get taken. Say. The two of them are... Uh, An undertow. Are, Which yeah, happened to me when I was a kid. Current. And I got uh, lifeguarded out. It was totally embarrassing. And but. at this point in the movie, yeah, like after everything yeah, that Cleo you've been through. Yeah, Cleo is shocked and broken. For sure. Mm-hmm. And you have been through so much in this movie because it's been two hours. There's been nothing positive. Yeah. You've seen one dick, two dead babies. There hasn't been one smile to be fucking had. Finally, you think that the drama, you're on now, a fa- nice family vacation. Mm-hmm. They do the whole divorce announcement. You think it can't get any worse than this. And then... Two of the kids get taken out by the undercurrent. Well, at this point, too, I saw it coming. It was just like, the mom was like, all right, you've seen all yeah, this horrible shit. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go change the tire. Yeah. Cleo, Cleo can't yeah, swim. Yeah, the one that can't swim, you're in you charge. You can the... stay in the shallow. Make sure you stay in close the shallow, to shore. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? They don't. But again, I kind of like why I love this movie so much is it did one of those like Tarantino-esque one takes where it shows her like bring the littlest one, Pepe, like up to the uh, yeah. the chair and fix them up. Also, what it showed, which was kind of like breakaway, is you kind of like thought it was just kind of like a desolate beach where like, oh, we found a little beach. But then when you bring them up and you realize it's a resort and there's like chairs and canopies. Why is nobody else there? Know, is there Where is every other <laughs> guest? It's clearly in season because yeah. they're all at the beach swimming. Like, what the fuck is going on, dude? It's a hotel beach. <laughs> Fucking get a lifeguard yeah. on duty. But she saves them, and that's when she has the breakdown of, like, much like I said. She's like, Dad, I never wanted to get... It was a very yeah, deep, Yeah, it was an extremely moment. emotional scene, for sure. She goes she goes into the... Storming into the ocean after everything mm-hmm. she's been through, and they give Lady Gaga uh, Actress of the Year after Cleo's <laughs> yeah. fucking running into the ocean. She Whoa, can't even swim. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. But... She ends up saving the kids, pulling yeah. them out. And then in, in a point, like I will say, I brought this up actually uh, when me and Devin talked about the, some of the Oscar stuff on our Geeked Up preview. Sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. preview show. But in a horrible move by Netflix, I felt, where the thumbnail photo of the movie was all of the kids that, hugging yeah. Cleo For on sure. the beach after the movie. So literally, as, this, as Cleo goes storming in the beach, Final and after climax, everything yeah. in this movie, has been so negative and like it would set you up that to think that for sure these fucking kids are dying and clear this is how the movie ends of course correct with two if you saw kids. the still card like <laughs> oh however, i know it's gonna happen exactly it was a little bit how it was spoiled however but at that point i needed it to be spoiled because i literally could not take <laughs> the fucking intensity anymore i swear to god when those kids fucking went when she goes storming in there i literally fucking stood up off my couch and with my hands on my head go holy shit these fucking kids aren't dying now are they or did you and say and then i go wait a minute i go smio <laughs> I'm in all Mucho agua No bueno But uh, I thought But then I thought to myself No but wait I fucking saw the movie poster This stupid thing Thank god and, yeah, yeah And I know they make it Because all, all 16 of these kids Are hugging her On the fucking beach afterwards So A little bit of a deep breath there Correct Thank god And, and that's that when they the really one... like Adopt her more of just like The Brian for Family Guy They're just like Hey we love 
Like, <laughs> you're with the fam. Yeah, she yeah. has the breakdown about the baby, Mrs. Sophia, you know. And just like I said, like, the story yeah, she is comes based out of the of... water, and really uh, the first thing she says is she goes, I didn't want her anyway. And they're like, what? You saved yeah. it. You did a good job. Well, and she's like, no, my baby, movie, And again, we've her. talked about symbolism the whole time. The water is very cleansing. That's why the movie starts with, like, water on the floor. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of, like, water. She goes in, into the baptismal like, thing. In some aspect, yes. Yeah, she saved those kids. She's, like, was washed away. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, Oof. They even talk about stitches during the birth scene. <laughs> like, this so movie was intense. It was so, so over the top, dude. definitely. And like Devin said, it was very much just a walk but in the life. But here's what I love. And I get much like, like you were about to say, a like walk in the life is the movie literally ends with just like she gets back to the house and her friend is just like, how's the vacation? She's like, I have so much to tell you. <laughs> I know. The end. And it was like, yeah, she I goes walking up the stairs and it just for Lebo and it was really a perfect ending. They show it like 125 planes for, flying over Mexico City. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's another sure. guy. Clothes lines everywhere and there's fucking. But absolutely a perfect ending to a really an amazing movie and just for them to create so much intensity and that just level of drama with so little by way of not only yeah. production but also just action in general. It was really was just an amazing job directing and uh, – you know, beautifully shot, beautiful to look at, and just like captured an amazing. Tone. It really was, and it, it was, really, really was. Yeah, and uh, no, we really, we really enjoyed it. But before we give you our official, we're gonna be doing something here where we're gonna give you our official, let's say, punny official rating <laughs> yeah, of the movie. Our official uh, punny four star, our four star scale review. Correct. You'll see this throughout. Laden with puns and irony. <laughs> Netflix well, we gives you like a personalized match review. Correct. However, we're not going to be personalizing our reviews for you. Yes. We're personal reviews for ourselves. For us. <laughs> so my reviews are always 100% accurate to my feelings. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> I'm killing it with my... And, and likewise, too. Before <laughs> we give you guys like our uh, correct, hilarious reviews, we do have a couple of uh, little kitschy questions we want to ask one another. There. Yes. You know what I mean, we each have our own little... Uh... Two things that always come up, actually, for me and Devin. Devin is a little bit more of the home movie guy. I he love likes couch. Sitting on, He's got, got a couch, nice, I got which a nice I couch, don't. Man. I got a I'm nice fucking couch. sitting on I'm watching movies on a, on a computer chair that has all the leather worn off of the headrest. No, so I need an update yeah. in my life. I However, a, <laughs> I got a nice 47-inch Vizio TV from yeah. uh, 2009. So Devin's yeah. killing it. So he's uh, so he likes the movies. I myself actually am much more of a movie-going person. I love the big screen. I even more than that love the large speakers. I also just like it makes more of a night, and it, it, to me, it really creates more of an experience out of seeing any given movie. Let's just say. So I'm a big going to the movie guy. So a lot of times I don't like seeing movies. Uh, at home, because I, I personally I tend to get a lot more distracted Correct. on my phone. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm eating. I'm eating a sandwich. I end up not knowing what the hell's going on in the movie. I'm gonna no. be honest. I got you. a little distractible. So I'm more of a movie going to person. So a conversation point for me and Devin is uh, often whether or not this movie is worth going to see in the theaters, uh -huh. or is it a stay at home kind it's of a movie? Stay at home movie. And I'm gonna ask Liam this one because, like Liam said, since he is the big going out to the theaters guy. Liam, do you say does this movie uh, does this movie deserve a theatrical release? Would Should this, this movie, movie warrant a theatrical release? And would it have done as well? Do you think, like Spielberg was saying, for sure. Should this have ran in the theaters for four weeks? Like, <laughs> does this movie deserve to be in the theaters? 
you know what? I mean, from the sake, from just to take Spielberg on, this movie definitely deserved to be in the theaters for at least a six-week run just to get it put into the Academy Awards. I agree. So if there's any type of, like, merit... And as well now, there's like a few movie theater chains that have really bought up so many of the movie theaters, and they don't necessarily get contracts with movies. So if there's any type of merit where these movies, if they're good, they get like automatic release in the movie theater world, then this movie would definitely qualify. However, is it the kind of movie that you would rush out of the your house to go see when you could easily watch it at home? In this case, I'm honestly going to say yes, which it might not okay. be what you would think. It's not very flashy. It's not an MCU movie that's going to be in 3D. There's but no visual effects. However, its movie carries such weight and intensity that it would be really, I feel, overwhelming to see it on the big screen, like I said, which really captures your attention and offers you nothing else. Like you just get in my I just get so much more enthralled in the movie in the theater setting and to kind of have all of this intensity and drama going on on the big screen with the big speakers with nowhere else to uh, yeah, alleviate no, your mind. It would be a really cool experience. And uh, I would definitely think that it would be far improved from a theatrical experience. So yeah. I will go, yes. I'm going to agree with Give you. it the theatrical, uh, the theatrical look. I'm going to agree with you on that, man. I think uh, that the theatrical release for this movie would have played well. I disagree with Spielberg. I think that the re- another reason, not just because this movie did so well, but Netflix did bring it to a broader audience of so someone's like, all right, fuck. Well, for every sure. time I think it's flooded by this, people are talking about it. For Let's sure. watch it. I'm already on my couch. With However, I do feel inch. that from that standpoint that since the since Roma got so much talk, I feel if your only way to see it across America would've was to theaters. go to the theaters, a lot of people would have gone. Because people like movies. Yeah. And Americans no, get correct. portrayed as being just correct. dumb comic book moviegoers, that's which we are. Yeah. But we also oh, like a good yeah. Coen Brother movie. We like a good film. And Correct. if you hear there's a great art film going on, not everybody in there, not as many people are going to go see it as Black Panther, but a lot of people would have, absolutely. Honestly, just like Green Book, Green Book didn't get extreme wide release, you know what I mean? Green Book, like, sure. compared to lots of, compared to all of the MCU movies, Green Book was probably shown in one-tenth of the theaters as Captain Marvel or whatever. That's true. You know what I mean? So. I would have watched Green Book if it was on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Green Book would be a Netflixer, honestly. Right. I don't know if yeah. Green Book I would necessarily yeah. say you would go to the theater for, because it doesn't have that gravity that Roma does but Roma was such an intense movie that seeing it on the big screen fucking 20 Mm -hmm. feet away from you you know would really create a lot more tension in that movie so but the long and short of it is that yes Yes. Roma deserves (laughs) a theatrical the long and short is yes yes (laughs) it deserves a theatrical release and I guess much like Liam was saying too because we each have questions we're going to ask each other is that as he was kind of saying is that as an MCU lazy uh, (laughs) big film fan I'm always if I like something, I'm always looking for Devin's the next Devin's one of these serial thing. guys. Devin's the, uh, yeah. I'm more of an English office version guy. You do six episodes and walk off on top. I Devin's want the nine more, seasons. Let's get Will yeah. Ferrell as the fucking. <laughs> Correct. Oh, the main character's leaving? We'll get Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, we'll ride this bad boy out. So Devin's always, Correct. how can we parlay this this uh, mofo into a number two? A number two. <laughs> and and how do we, yeah, how do we serialize this one? I'm always wondering, would I see number two? Would this movie uh, warrant a sequel? Yes. So. Can we can we franchise this bad boy out? So Liam, ask me. So Devin, <laughs> would we get a sequel? Can we get a, a a Roma two in theaters next May? I'm glad you asked. It's actually coming out April 13th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't announce it. No, I would say that like I like this movie a lot. 
And I guess in some aspect, there's a lot more story to tell. I bet you another life of uh, Cleo is probably not as crazy, or else why would you show yeah. this year I mean, nothing life, gets wrapped up, really, I suppose. She's not, really, not having the, the baby, the but it's like... But yeah. I feel like that is kind of the beauty of it, is that, like, it is just like a strip year in life. I don't want to sure. see anything else. I like to picture, like, how it has a very ambiguous kind of ending of just, like, this is what it is. I think things are going to be all right for, sure. for It's definitely your takeaway of it. Again, a lot of things we talked about was how beautiful it was. And also a lot of the things that, like, how brutal would a – just seeing that poster be like, Roma 2, <laughs> Cleo Strikes Back. <laughs> yes, I guess, like – Cleo's Revenge. If there was a – I wouldn't call it Cleo's Revenge. I guess if there was – I've got two suggestions if there is a – I have the best one. <laughs> if there was going to be a sequel to it. I hope it's much more a sequel to A Million to Juan, where Cleo just wins a scratcher and becomes a, like a multi-millionaire. George Lopez classic Million to Juan. <laughs> a Million to Juan. I remember that one. Was Martin Lawrence or somebody else in there? Didn't he have like, a, like Eddie Griffin or like some hilarious guy helping him along the way? No, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if there was going to be a sequel to it, or the mystery of if she was, Mrs. Sophia was, like, trying to kill her kids <laughs> at the beach. And, like, be interesting. I would say if they did a sequel, it would be good to see it in color. Interesting. <laughs> can we, I mean, can I'm we sure put we this bad boy in color? But well, actually, maybe not, because no, like, no, a lot no. of directors, he probably filmed it on black and white, so you can never see sure. it in color. No, I definitely think the movie was heightened as well, like yeah. you said, by... Uh, the, I, I don't know, but I don't think it. Very I don't think it, I would change. I, I don't think it warrants yeah, a sequel. Absolutely. I don't need to see like year <laughs> no, two. Sure. Pepe in his elder years, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, Although I, I would say sequel, no spinoff, yes. <laughs> okay. Starring Ramon, yes. And his rock and roll band. <laughs> how how Ramon became the fucking uh, the Mexican guy in Metallica. The tres locos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how Ramon became Sonny Ortiz or whatever the fucking dude in Metallica's name. That's is. a great point. <laughs> I would see that. Movie. Yeah. So I guess that is the answer to our kitschy questions. <laughs> Those are our kitschy answers. Those are our kitschy answers. <laughs> this is episode one. We'll get better. <laughs> yeah. Those but, are going to be a couple of the uh, consistent features on the show. Correct. As is this next bit here where. Uh, We're going to finally give you our big review or our big rating of the movie. Yeah, because uh, you know that we both liked it. As we did we've both said like uh, many times throughout the show. We both enjoyed it, but we want to give you our official. How much did we like it? Yeah, how much did we so like it? So I'm going to be giving you my review uh, on a four point on a four scale system. I think that's the official Correct. movie reviews. They go four scales. Yeah, right. Four you know, Siskel and Ebert give you two thumbs. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes give you best of ten. I'm giving you my four point system. All right, and it's gonna work based upon the. Uh, if I if I thought it was good, I'm gonna give you a hearty. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. If I didn't like it, however, I'm gonna give it my uh, my Damon Wayans and in Living Colors Men on, <laughs> in which the show's really st- a, a rip off of yeah. uh, <laughs> in Living Colors Men on Film segment. Hated it. So if I don't like it, I'm gonna give it the Damon Wayans. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. Nice, nice, makes sense. Yes. Then, however, if I really, really enjoyed it, I'm going to give you the Rudy's dad. (laughs) This is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. All right, so that's Rudy's dad. <laughs> you got Rudy's dad holding his heart. Now, that's if you loved it. That's like, if I that's like, all right, all right. 
However, if I absolutely hated it, I'm going to give you the Nick Cage from Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage from Andy, letting you know that I really do not like this fucking movie. In the (laughs) Spectrum thing, you don't want a Mandy. You definitely want a Rudy's dad. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. exactly. You're looking for Rudy's dad. Definitely don't (laughs) want a Mandy. Mandy. (laughs) Dodging a Mandy. (laughs) Dodging a Mandy. All right, so then I got to ask you. So for uh, ultimately, though, however, for Roma, the uh, the Academy Award nominated, almost winning. But lots of awards behind it. Uh, I, however, the uh, Big LW Netflix and Chat official review for Roma. I'm giving it a very hearty Stone Cold, a very hearty Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah! So that wasn't that doesn't qualify as a Rudy's dad. I'm not giving it a Rudy's dad. This is episode one. We can't just be handed <laughs> yeah, out Rudy's dad. Yeah, but I'm not giving no, no. it a Rudy's dad. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> maintain the excitement as much for me to give you a Rudy's dad. But it gives you a stone cold hell yeah because you really want to see this I'm great curious. film. However, I'm just throwing it out there that if Roma doesn't get a Rudy's dad, I'm looking forward to seeing what fucking well, movie like, on. Netflix is going to yeah. get a Rudy's dad. <laughs> Rudy's, what? Like, yeah. like, for an example of a movie that I would give a Rudy's dad, Rudy. I would <laughs> give Rudy's dad. I give Rudy a Rudy's dad. If Netflix somehow bought the rights, <laughs> yeah. If Netflix buys the rights of Rudy's and we review it, I'll give it a Rudy's sure, dad. Sure, However, sure. Roma, I'm giving. I feel a, like we're really setting the bar high with this being our first Netflix movie. You know, I mean, yeah. And that doesn't get a Rudy's dad. He <laughs> gets, gets a Stone Cold. Hell yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. It gets a uh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, hell yeah. All right. All right. That's where I'm going with it. Well, I am uh, not as apparently tech savvy as Liam. <laughs> I don't have quite a, a four star uh, system planned out here for my reviews, my uh, rating system. What I do have is uh, something that I was hoping you guys were all getting on your own with the whole. Netflix and chat thing is it's a play off of uh, Netflix and chill guys. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, were going to we call there? the show some type of net. We were, we were planning on calling the show some type of Netflix and chill yeah. kind of more thing. However, we landed with me chat. and Devin aren't fucking each other. Yeah, so I mean, like, as much as I was hoping to get fingered while I was watching Roma, <laughs> I know. As much as Devin tried to firm on yeah, me. Yeah, I was about to say, much as Liam was looking at me as firm <laughs> Uh, he never got me that ice cream. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try to uh, somehow rhyme this with uh, Netflix and chill. Okay. Right? So you're going to give it the Netflix and scale? Netflix and. Okay. You're going to give it the um, Netflix and something. I'm uh, going to go with this one with a... Uh, this is how I'm going to rate this one. Netflix and pill. Because <laughs> I needed to take some kind of like ambient or something yeah, after I watched Xanax this movie. after this like, one to help no, the Honestly, like to be uncreative with it, it's a Netflix and chill. Like it's not going to be like a Netflix and thrill because like, uh, like you said, it wasn't like a thrilling movie. It wasn't like yeah. a Rudy's dad fucking uh, like blown <laughs> away. But like I loved it. It was like definitely Netflix and chill. It's definitely like sit in your couch like. Maybe hold one you love near, like it's intense at some <laughs> yeah, point. If you have like, a loved one, you're gonna want to hold. It's good to feel one. loved by watching it, like. And then you're gonna want to call your mom afterwards. For and tell sure, her love her or at least your mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
So uh, I'll be working on these. Um, <laughs> I don't have any kind of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> but uh, I'll be working on these. But for now, it's Netflix and chill for Netflix me. Netflix and chill, which is like a good like I guess if it was a star rating, I wouldn't tell you because we're not doing stars. <laughs> it's uh, a Netflix and chill. It means I liked it, guys. Yes, I was a big fan of this movie. So I guess that would be our real official Netflix and chat review of Roma. Big episode one. This only leaves us for one more thing. Is we (laughs) grab our big box of Netflix movies and we find out what's in the box. What's in the box? (laughs) That was Brad Pitt. Usually at this point we usually say Andre (laughs) Davio. But uh, But this time this Netflix's chat is produced by Brad Pitt (laughs) and uh, the what's in the box. I mean music by Brad Pitt but (laughs) the Geeked Up Boys. (laughs) Lyrics by Geeked Up Boys I guess. We told Brad to say that. Little unknown fact uh, where the (laughs) ghostwriters are <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we find out what's in the box, and by box we do mean box. As I uh, literally, Devin has wrote has filled up Easter eggs full of uh, <laughs> full of little pieces of paper with movies on it, and we are gonna pull it shake out, things up, and find out what is indeed in the box. In the box. All right, what are we watching? Episode two. What's in the box? Netflix and chat. Episode two. Liam's opening the box for me. I'm what is in I'm the closing box? my eyes? I'm picking around. He's I'm making noise with the box. <laughs> pulling it out. I'm opening it. What's in the box? All right, all right. An interesting episode two. We will be watching episode two, The Outlaw King. The Outlaw King it came out 2018. It is rated R. All right. It has a runtime of two hours one minute. It is categorized as an action biography drama. Okay. An action biography. If I recall, before Devin gives you the official synopsis, am I wrong here or is it based off of one of the – is it a biopic off of one of the dudes from Braveheart? Correct. I'm hoping Stephen the Irish guy (laughs) that just wanted to – that joined the army to kill the English cunts, but – Not quite as fun. It is the traitor Robert the Bruce. No, no, no. I don't know how they're going to portray him in this. But the synopsis is – a true David vs. Goliath story of how the 14th century Scottish outlaw king, Robert the Bruce, used cunning and bravery to defeat the much larger and better equipped occupying English army. Okay, nice. This sounds like some episode two. No, episode, uh, Robert the Bruce was the one that like turned him in. Was oh, I see. Like, stabbed him in the back. <laughs> da- directed by David McKenzie, starring Chris Pine. So, okay. this should be a good one. So, I see. this All has right. been episode one. Of Geeked Up Presents Netflix and Chat. Yeah. This has been Roma. Watch uh, The Outlaw King for episode two. Yes. If you and have now, any yeah, if you, uh, comments if you want... and concerns, movies you want us to watch, right now the email is still thegeekeduppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> That's the Geeked Up Podcast. That might change, but for now, that has been the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Devin Barnes. That was Liam Whalen. Hell yeah. And for the both of us, adios, amigos.
solo y herido, así me dejas, sabiendo que mañana irás con otro al altar. El amor, sí, el amor, sí, el amor. Si volvieras los ojos atrás hasta aquel momento en que nos conocimos, Recordarás tu primera sonrisa hacia mí. Estoy tan seguro que te encontrarías con tu verdadero amor como yo lo encontré en ti. Te he prometido que te de olvidar. Cuanto has querido, yo te supe dar. Solo y herido, así me dejas, sabiendo que mañana irás con otro al altar. El amor, sí, el amor. 